Come on, good morning, church. What's up, Transformation? Y'all good today? As you grab your seat, some of you already sat down, look at somebody and say, you are wonderful. Because God says so. We are going to wrap up our series, La Familia, today. I've got a lot of stuff to preach and give to you and help you out with. So we're going to jump right into the word. I want to just say a couple of things. This series has been awesome for me, for my family, for my heart, and um, just continuing always to try to continue to grow and, and let God, uh, I know those are some dangerous prayers, Nikki, that you told us to pray, like, God, search me, send me, break me. And uh, how many know when you're dealing with marriage and relationships, those are some things you're going to have to pray. Search me, break me, change me. And so um, it's important that uh, we're open to God in that. I'm going to say this in this last part, we're going to look at uh, intimacy and uh, sex and some of those type of things. Somebody said, all right. <laughs> uh, and I, I think um, I, I want to say this from the, from the onset, uh, the Bible is our standard, period. It's just Jesus was, was alive, died, came back to life, right? So if I want stuff to come alive in my life, I've got to attach myself to him into his word. And so I'm going to say that, that this is the standard. The Bible doesn't always speak specifically to something, so it'll give a principle. Um, you can have a scripture or a principle. So I'm going to kind of give us both principles and verses. Um, I think this is a tough subject sometimes and uh, not easy. Also, it's a mature subject, so PG-13 it is. Uh, I'm going to try to be as pastoral and professional as I can, but you know I have my limits. <laughs> <laughs> And so we're going to look at this uh, topic, and I think I'm going to uh, really challenge a lot of you. Um, I hope I'm going to uh, probably upset some of you, and I'm going to, I hope my motive is to help all of you, to help myself and help you. So we're going to start in Genesis 1, 27 through 28. Genesis, it says this, right in the beginning of creation, so God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it. We'll stop right there. Right in the beginning of creation, he defined marriage. He defined sex. He defined gender. He defined procreation. He defined, he defined uh, recreational sex. He defined procreational sex. He defined it. He, it. God gives us the definition right there. He made them male and female. He said, multiply. He said, have lots of sex. Be fruitful. Multiply. You're made in my image. Right there. Okay, so you need to write this down. Number one, only God can define it because God designed it. That's it. No one else our feelings, our flesh, society, culture, agendas, nothing can define it except God because he designed it. 1 Corinthians 6, 12 through 20 says this, run from sexual sin. Run! No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. One translation says, glorify God with your body. Isn't it amazing that we'll throw our body at all kinds of fleshly people, but we have a hard time throwing our body at God in worship? You throw your body at the club all night long, but when it comes to worship in here, you're like, maybe I'll put a hand in. I'm going to mess with y'all today. Like, like, like you'll, 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 you'll be getting it at the club, you know, with your whole body. You know what I'm saying? Just, I'm not even going to try to, I'm not, I'm not, you'll be, you know, and, but then let's worship. You're like, maybe I'll, maybe I'll, maybe. 
You know the solution of, of, of not throwing your body at every fleshly thing out there? Throwing your body at God. Yeah. Worship God with yeah. your body. Glorify yeah. God with your body. And so, so here's the lie we've believed. When I get saved, uh, everything changes, right? My body changes. My, my, my eyes are different. My, I think, my appetites are different. Here, this is a huge lie. I, I don't want the same things. I, I, listen, when I, I loved Doritos and sweets and candies and cookie before I got saved. I loved them after I got saved. <laughs> And, and, and here's the thing. You think your body has changed. Your body has not changed. You get saved and we say things like come to the altar and everything changes in your body. You're, you're, my hands are different. My feet are different. No, they're not. You got ugly feet before you got saved. You got ugly feet after you got saved. It's not, it's not changed. Your body's not changed. And it's important for you to know that because we believed a lie. Here's, here's, what's, here's what Paul said. I beat my body. I, I buffet my body. I pound out my flesh. I box out my flesh so I'm not disqualified when I preach the gospel. Here's what you need to know. You're saved in your spirit. God is in your spirit. It's wall-to-wall God inside your spirit. That's where God plugs into you and you come alive in your spirit. That's where you're saved. You're being changed in your mind. Your will and your emotions, that's your soul. Your soul's being changed. Your body does not change. And here's why that's so important. Because until heaven, your body isn't changed. Write this down. Anything not changed has to be controlled. If it's not changed, you've got to control it. And you're like, well, I thought it was going to be easier. No, no, no. Your body needs controlled. Lord, help me with me, right? It's got to be controlled. I just I think we have these appetites that we have before we're saved. We get saved and we still have those appetites. Just because you got saved doesn't mean you're not going to eat again, that you're not hungry. And that's the body, right? People say, well, I was born this way. Yes, we are all born with a sin appetite. I don't care what way it is. We're all born with a sin appetite and that sin appetite has to be controlled. We have to allow the control of the Holy Spirit to give us the ability to control that sin appetite. Does that make sense? So you get born again. You still have a sin appetite. The body's not changed until heaven, so you have to control it. Here's the way. I get saved. I accept Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit lives in me now. Now the power of grace and the Spirit lives inside of me. I open up the Word of God. Now you can't just stop with the Spirit in you. You've got to get the Word of God, which is the will of God. The Holy Spirit only activates the Word of God. You got to give the Holy Spirit a sword to use, the sword of the Spirit. If you don't have any word, you can't get the Holy Spirit to give you any power. You've got to open up. The Word of God comes in you, and now the Spirit's in you. You begin to put the Word in there, and now the Holy Spirit begins to empower the Word in you, and now it begins to change your mind. And now your mind begins to shift, and you begin to look to God's way in order to see God's will in your life, but you begin to renew your mind, will, and emotions, and that's a process. And now once you do that, you have the power to actually say, I'm going to control my body and my behavior based on the Spirit and the Word in me. That's how you, cha- that's how you control it. You can't just self-will. Your, you willpower yourself into it. No. And so you've got to control those things. Singles and sex. Let me talk to you real quick. You are looking for intimacy. You were built for intimacy. You desire intimacy. All of us do. And so what happens a lot of times as a single person or, or someone that's single again or whatever, you're looking for this intimacy. So you mistake sexual intimacy for intimacy. And so you get the cart before the horse and you go for sexual intimacy thinking it's going to give you intimacy. You know, the more and more sexual partners people have, the less intimacy they ever feel. And, and so you go for this sexual intimacy. Here's the reason it's a problem. Because sex was never designed to give us intimacy. It was designed to be a reward for a husband and wife that had already built intimacy. Intimacy means into me see, fully known 
and fully loved. Like you know me fully, intimacy. And so that's between a husband and wife and all of a sudden there's this into me see and you, you, you begin to know each other. So we've got to get the definition back of sex because Satan's crept into your mind and my mind and we think sex is intimacy. Oh, they were intimate. That's not sex. That's the whole package. Sex is sp- spiritual, physical, emotional, all of it. And the church has been silent on it. And we're like, just don't do it. Don't, don't, don't. You'll go to hell, right? Right to hell. Don't pass. Go, you know. And we're like, it's bad, it's bad, it's bad, it's bad. And it's not. God designed it. And we've been telling everybody to refrain without any revelation. And so refraining without revelation equals rebellion. And so there's got to be a why and, and refrain like this. And here's the reason and here's the vision behind it. We need revelation. So, so how, how far is too far sexually in dating, okay? Now, the Bible doesn't say specifically, you know, and I could, I'm not going to take a poll in here uh, by show of hands, you know. Um, there's some principles. But here's the most important principle you'll ever get when it comes to sexual purity and dating and marriage. Hebrews 13, 4. Marriage should be honored by all. Everybody say all. And the marriage bed kept pure, for God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral. So, so that's the word of God. So marriage should be honored by all. Do y'all believe that? Honored by all, right? So do you think that married people, I'm going to do Q&A, yes or no. Do you think that married people should honor marriage? Yes. Do you think that single people should honor marriage? Yes. Okay, it says all. So I'm going to do an inappropriate, inappropriate Q&A. My wife and I are married, 19 years going on marriage, right? It's amazing. What if I came to her today and said, you know what, baby, I just need a little casual sex. Like, like, somebody laughed. Yeah, yeah. Like, I just, like, not with you, but I saw this girl at church, and man, you know, um, she's hot, baby. And I, and no, nothing emotionally, like, nothing emotionally. Like, just, she, we connect a little bit, just some casual sex with each other, and I'm not going to connect any, not, just a one night, just something quick. Like, not, no big deal, you know, just maybe a week or so. Are you good with that? And she said, yeah, okay, that's good, as long as you don't connect emotionally. Is that appropriate or inappropriate? Okay, inappropriate. But I said, okay, no, no, no. Okay, we're not going to have sex, babe, but we're just going to touch and fondle a little bit and do everything but. We're going to go, we're going to do everything but the actual act of it. Are you, is that cool? Like, we're not going to go all the way. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Go for that. That good? No. No. Okay. So, so, okay, babe, we're not going to actually, I'm going to go, I'm, I'm actually going to touch her. I'm not going to touch her. I'm going to go to her house. I just want a little cuddle party. Like, I just... Like, I just want to, we're not going to, I'm not going to touch her. We're not going to, I'm just going to have a little cuddle party, a little snuggle cuddle party. It's going to be good. Like one night only. I just want to get, I just want to go over there just a night. Just see if I'm strong still, you know. (laughs) Appropriate or inappropriate? Okay. Okay. I'm not going to touch her. Okay. I'm not even going to go to her house. I'm just going to, listen, babe. I, I just want, she gets me. She gets my jokes. She understands me. We've got this emotional connection. And so, uh, you know, it's just, we're going to just, I just want to go share my, some secrets with her that I don't share with you because she gets me. Are you good with that, babe? Appropriate or inappropriate? It's all inappropriate. Why? Because those things are meant for the covenant of marriage. Marriage is a covenant. It's meant for me and my bride. You say it's all inappropriate to me because I'm a married man and you know it's inappropriate for me to do that. And you hold me to that standard because I'm a married man. The Bible says marriage should be honored by all. Why do you think it's okay in a standard for me, but you don't think it's okay in a standard for a single person? It's the standard for both, right? Here's what it looks like to get the, get the sexual cart before the horse, if you, if you will. I'm going to uh, 
open up my little cookbook here. I got my vegan cookbook. I, I decided to get a vegan cookbook. It's hard to have. And, and this, I saw some different recipes in here. Check this one out right there. Look at that chocolate cake with a little raspberries all around the top, man. Look at this. Got some stuff written over here. I don't really like any of that. Not, I don't want to. That's, that's a lot of stuff. Let me just, let me just take this real quick and uh, set it right here. I don't, I don't like to read a lot. That's good right there. Look at that. Mmm. Man, that looks good. Man, chocolate, chocolate. Raspberries, man. I don't, look, I don't, now, forget, the, I don't need the recipe. Like, I just, I want this, man. I want this. This is how we do it in dating and as singles. Man, I just, I want this. I want, this is what I want. Like, I don't care about the recipe. I don't care about, I just want this. This is for me, right? I need this. Can, and then, and then you go, can you give me this? 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 Hey, can you give me this? Can you give me this? I want this. You don't even have the ingredients in your box to give you this. You don't even know how to make this. Can you give me this? Can you give me this? I need this. And, and, then, and then you think, okay, this looks good. This is what I want. So you're like, all right, what's up? You go out to the club. You're hanging out with your friends. You're like, I got chicks. You know, that's bad. Like, that was bad. It was a dad joke right there. Dude, the dude's well-rounded. <laughs> you know, she's got curves. I don't know. I mean, like, it's, we just click, you know. Man, this is nice. We just talked. We met for two hours. Man, we're at the club. Man, we're close. We're then let's, you know what? Let's take this to the house. Let's, let's get these shells off. You know what I'm talking about? Let's just, let's get these shells off. Mmm, that feels good. Clothes coming off. And uh, yeah, let's get these shells off. Mmm, that's good. This tastes good. Oh, we got fire. He is yoked, girl. And now you've become one. You don't even know each other. You hadn't even had a conversation with your clothes on in the first two weeks you've known each other. You, you don't know anything about them, but you know you got fire, you got heat, you got sparks. It's passion. We click. It feels good. It feels great. I got chocolate cake, and it's good. And then all of a sudden, you actually begin to talk to them, and you can't stand them because they're dumb. The muscles look good in the club, but not on paper. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then you decide, man, we got to go our separate ways. And this isn't working out. And after a few weeks of fun cake, you got to separate. You go your separate ways and... You got two people with pieces of shell and pain and brokenness in the inside of their life. The, the, the Bible, even as much as you tried to separate from that, you still have pieces of that. And the Bible says that sexual sin is like no other sin, like none other, but because it's sin against our own body. And here's what the Bible talks about. Not, this isn't a judgmental thing. It talks about this. It literally says that, that, that when, you, when you separate... Now you have pieces of their life in you, and you're carrying pieces of them, and they're carrying pieces of you. 
You can see it right there in that illustration. And the reality is, hear me, now you're wanting this cake and you want God to do something in your life and you want this relationship to look like this and you're going from relationship to relationship and you're carrying this baggage and you're carrying these pieces. And, and, and the reality is when it comes to different sins, like, like when we stole the money before we got saved or when we wrecked the car and got drunk and maybe went to jail for a few nights or those things are funny, you know, kind of like, you know, I was an idiot, you know, but we don't laugh or tell stories about the dark sexual pains that we've been through. Those are things that are too deep and too broken to really talk about or, or laugh about or joke about. And we carry them from relationship to relationship. And then we ask God for this and, 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 and we've got pieces. Even when God gives us this, we've got pieces of shell inside of this thing that God even puts together. And the reality is God can actually fix that. But what he has to do is actually go and cut out some things. And it leaves a scar. And it leaves a mark, and it's painful. It's okay, it's just painful. And so if we're going to be real and honest, we can put it back in God's hands, and we can put these relationships in God's hands, even though they're shells and pieces and hurt and pain, and God can cut some things out, even though it's going to be painful, and we're going to lose some things. <laughs> that was a must. God puts it together better than that. But even though in the midst of that, God can reconstruct some stuff in your life, but you have to put it back in his hand. Does that make sense? And, and here's what I want to say to you if you're single or you're dating. If you haven't experienced those types of broken relationships, don't go there. Just don't. Control your body. Control your heart. Control your mind. If you have experienced that kind of thing in your life, put it back in God's hand. Let him reconstruct those areas in your life. It's not easy. It's not, it's not painless, but God, I promise we can do surgery. This is a very sharp knife. I mean, he can do some surgery and cut out what needs to be cut out and fix what needs to be fixed. And all of a sudden now God puts it together. I want to talk to you real quick about marriage and sex and marriage. Come on. Does that help any singles right there? Put it in God's hands. Married couples, sex and intimacy, which is, the, which is actually sex as the reward for intimacy. Intimacy, again, is completely knowing your spouse, completely. Here's what intimacy, one definition can be, is my spouse knows everything about me and I have no fear of rejection. That's intimacy. Like some, so often we have this fear of rejection. There's a cost to intimacy. There is a price you have to pay. The price is I'm actually preferring you over me. Everything about me is going to prefer you and put you first in order for me to get intimate and know you and prefer you where you don't feel fear of being judged. That's the cost is actually prioritizing the needs of your spouse. Here's the needs, men and women. These, when I say needs, listen, listen to me. These are not wants. These are needs. A car runs on gasoline, if you have, you know, besides the, te you know, Tesla, all right? But, or electricity, we'll take it to there. These are needs, not wants, okay? And, and hear me, if I go to the gas station and the gas station is closed, what happens? I look for another station. Don't close your station on your spouse or they'll be looking for another station. Here's the needs of a man. Number one, before sex, respect. Respect, what does that mean? To speak highly of to believe in, to regard in high esteem, like you respect him more than you respect the pastor. You respect him more than you respect the, the, the businessman down the street that's more successful. You respect him more. He, he, when he walks in the room, he knows that you feel he's the best man in the room. That's respect. Number two, he needs sex. Number three, he needs friendship. 
Number, these are in order of importance. Number four, he needs domestic support. Come on, somebody. You seen a bachelor pad ever? <laughs> and, and let me say this again. That's not just about cleaning up after a guy like that. I don't mean that. It also means making the home a safe place for him to take refuge from a hard world. That he can come home to a place and it can be a safe home. You're not beating him down. You're not ragging him down. It's like he, he wants to get home and be like, <sighs> I'm home. Like that's, that's the support, domestic support. He wants to hide out there. Women, gasoline, men, they need this. Number one, affection, which is love, affection. It's not sex. It's affection. Two, honest, open communication. They need communication. Three, security. We okay I'm okay. It's all going to be okay. Like, we're going to be okay. Security. Woman needs security. Number four, commitment. That's the most commitment to death do us part. I'm in this forever. No throwing around the I'll leave you and get another model. I'll upgrade to 2.0. You're none of that. Like, like, like a commitment. Those are needs. And so, so I think those feed into sexual intimacy that we're talking about today. Song of Solomon says some stuff, and I want to give you all some secrets on sexual intimacy. If you're married, if you're not married, this is going to help you one day. And I want you to reconnect in a fresh way as married couples. Number one, reconnect outside the bedroom. Reconnect outside of the bedroom. Come on, men are frying pans. Women are crock pots, somebody. Come on, you turn the frying pan on, things hot in two seconds. You know what I mean? Women need to be heated up all day long. Turn, hit the button in the morning. That thing simmers all day. You know what I'm talking about? And then you come home and there's this aroma in the house. Like, my God, somebody's cooking something, right? Song of Solomon, chapter 4, 1 through 4. He says this. Solomon's talking to his girl. How beautiful are you, my darling? How beautiful your eyes behind the veil are doves. Your hair is like a flock of goats, girl, descending from the hills of Gilead. Your teeth are like a flock of sheep just shorn, coming up from the washing. Each has its own, not one of them's alone. Come on, he's rhyming there. I was. Your lips are like a scarlet ribbon. Your mouth is lovely. Your temples behind your veil are like the halves of pomegranates. Your neck is like the Tower of David built with courses of stone. On it hang a thousand shields. She might be a bodybuilder. All of them, shields of warriors. Listen, his words are creating an atmosphere in the home. His words, he's laying down some game right here. His words are creating an environment. Men, your words and actions create an environment of romance in your home. Like we as guys have this way of turning everything into an innuendo. It's weird. Like, like your wife will say, could you help me stir the pot? You're like, I'll stir your pot, girl. <laughs> like, like, could you rotate the tires? I'll rotate your tires. Like, stop that. What? Like, you work on some game, guys. Like, that's bad. Like, don't stop. He, he's coming right out of the gate. Your hair is like a flock of goats coming down from Gilead, girl. Like, all, all the girls wore their hair up in those days, and she's got hers down. He likes it. He's like, he goes, your teeth are clean. Like, you're, you've, your teeth are white and clean. That's hard in those days. They, you're not, you, they all have a match. They all have a twin. You're not missing any teeth, girl. That's hard with no dentist. He's giving her some game. He's laying down some game. He's like, man, girl, you, you're looking good. Like, women love that. Listen, women have an ear gate, guys, and you begin to pour into this ear gate, and they connect, and you're not having an agenda. You don't want anything. You're reassuring. You're laying down this, this, this voice, this heart to them, complimenting them. She needs it. Come on, listen, guys. Here's what she needs. NST, non-sexual touch. NST, that has to do with, with, with connecting outside the bedroom, shoulder rubs, notes, I love you, little, little, little calls in the day. I just called to say 
I love you. Just, just, you know, call back. I just called <laughs> to say I care. Hang up. Call back 10 minutes later. I just called <laughs> to say I love you. you. You know, call back 10 minutes later. I'm not going to go there. There you go. <laughs> and I mean it. Just massages on the shoulders without your hands slipping somewhere else. Without no agenda, like, like non-sexual touch. She needs it. It begins in the morning. Come on, it's cold out today. You not doing this and expecting sex is like you leaving your car outside of the garage, the windshield's all, all frozen over, and you go try to drive that thing. You can't, you're going to wreck everywhere. You, some of y'all going out like scraping off one little, little eye hole so you can see. That's some nuts. Stuff needs defrosted, guys. Come on, somebody. Your wife, she needs defrosted. Like, she's so cold. No, you've left her out in the cold. Why is she so cold? Because you hadn't warmed anything up. Can I talk? Uh, verse 4, your neck is like a tower of David with a thousand shields on it. Man, he starts saying, listen, he's speaking to her confidence. Women didn't have value in those days. They, they, know, they weren't valued. And so he's going, man, you're strong. You're upright. You're confident. Your neck is strong. You're like the Tower of David. He's speaking to the deeper things of value and intimacy and being genuine in her life going, man, I value. You're, you're competent. You're strong. You're, you're well able. He's speaking. I mean, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking, just talking about it right there. I feel it. Like he's pouring into his wife, man. We, she needs it, man. Come on, ladies. We need you to pour into our ego. We have egos. We need you to respect and say, we can do it. And I believe in you. And you're the best, baby. And, and we need you to honor us and, and, and highly esteem us and say it. If you think something good about us, say it. You don't think your God needs it even though he's so tough. He needs you to say it. He needs you to say, I thank you more than I love you because I thank you means I love you. Thank you for providing. Thank you for showing up. Thank you for... Just thank you. Listen, I know there might be everything bad about him that you see, but listen, there's got to be one thing. I heard a story about a, a man that was having an affair on his wife going out all hours of the night, and, 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 and the lady went to the pastor, and he was like, you know, this is terrible. I know. I'm so sorry. And she's like, he's this and this and this. And, he, and the pastor said, start thanking him for what he does do. He, she, he said this. He goes, thank him. He, she's like, he's coming home at 3 in the morning, 4 in the morning. He goes, thank him for coming home. Now, I'm not saying that's a good thing. She actually started thanking him for coming home. It started messing with his mind, messing with him. And all of a sudden, he started changing. He started going, my God, she's saying thank you for things that shouldn't even be thank me, me thankful for. I'm just, I'm just telling you, speak to it. Number two, recommit to passion. Recommit to passion. Verse five, your breasts are like, the tw like two fawns, like twin fawns of a gazelle that browse among the lilies. Come on, fellas. Two breasts like fawns. Reconnect to passion. Listen. Men, we're getting a little deer hunting theme here. Like what happens when you're hunting for the fawns? You're a little quiet, a little thoughtful, a little mindful. You don't barge in on the fawns. The, 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 fa the fawns that are browsing among the lilies will run to the woods if you barge in on them. It's deer hunting. 101. What, what, what I'm saying is be passionate, but work on your approach. Be passionate, but get an approach. Ladies, just have an approach. 
just have one. You're like, what? Like, do you know that guys from the time we were middle school had to be the ones to ask, to talk, to write the note, to pursue? Do you know we're afraid of rejection? You know that if we get said no to once, we're a little bit upset. Twice, we're angry. The third time, we'll leave it alone. And, And so why is it always on us? We feel that pressure. We don't want rejected there. And so we're just asking you, just have an approach. Like, just, do you know everything looks better in satin than flannel? Man, I don't know what you, <laughs> take the flannel off, like, you know, the things you used to catch him, now that you got him, man, get back into the game of catching him again, right? I'm just saying, I'm, I'm speaking to both sides. Some of y'all are going to be like, man, I can't believe it. I'm telling you, I'm just being honest. I, I, I just think, like, when you cut him off sexually, it's like him cutting off to- total communication. He needs sex as much as you need communication. And when you cut that off, it's like him going suddenly silent on you and not talking to you at all. Don't cut it off. Like, schedule it. Like, like plan intimacy. Schedule sex. Come on. Fun day Sunday. <laughs> Madness Monday. <laughs> Terrific Tuesday. <laughs> Wacky Wednesday. <laughs> Thirsty Thursday. I don't know. I can keep going. <laughs> schedule it. Whatever you got to do, whatever you've got to do to get in the mood. I, I don't know. I heard one story about a wife that bought a little blue light bulb. She put that thing in when her husband was coming home from work when it meant something was up. He'd walk up the, he'd walk up the walkway and see that blue light bulb like, uh-oh. He's like, what? Can you imagine? He's totally, he's like, man, I was so re-energized walking up the walk. I'm like, come on, something's up tonight, baby. The blue light bulb's on. I, just, I, I don't know. Verse 6, until the day breaks and the shadows flee, I will go to the mountain of myrrh, to the hill of incense. We don't need to explain that. We're going to enjoy it all night long is what he's saying. Number three, very important. So, so regain passion. Number three, rebuild on absolute trust. Rebuild on absolute trust. Verse 7, you all together are beautiful to me, my darling. There is no flaw in you. Like, listen to that. There's no flaw Rebuild on trust. Begin to talk. Like, don't shame each other's bodies. Men, don't go like, man, gaining some weight. Like, she's had three kids. Like, what's your excuse? Beer and cheese? <laughs> like, like, there's no, like, just don't shame. Like, she should be able to, and you should be able to have full confidence in each other's. We all got imperfections and flaws. I mean, talk, work it out. Build on trust. If you look for flaws, you find flaws. If you look for beauty, you find beauty. You know, begin to communicate. We, we got to build intimacy. Hear me. You're either building intimacy or isolation with your words and your actions. Intimacy or isolation. There's a couple other thoughts about trust. Most men see sex as a form of stress release, relief, but most women need stress relief before they can get into sex. <laughs> Listen, this is God's sense of humor right here. <laughs> so what I mean by this is women like to talk it out. Men like to touch it out. And, and, and so... And so men hate to talk it out. Women don't necessarily go right to touching it out. So God designed it this way. So we got to communicate. We actually have to talk. We talked about that several weeks ago in the first part where, where, man, you want sex, but you haven't given her a place to emotionally talk it out. And so you go to have sex and she's got you as a captive now. And she's going to give you all the emotional things of her month. You know, the, you know, every single thing you did and the kids did, and you're like, my God, I thought we were doing something else right now. She's like, she's got you captive. You've never given her a place to talk it out and relieve stress. And so God designed us that we're different. We've got to communicate, guys. 
Like when we were in middle school, ladies, when we were in middle school, us guys, we saw a girl and we looked at, we lost all brain power. We couldn't even talk. We're like, hot, hot, wow. (laughs) You saw a guy across the mall, locked eyes. You had a theme song, Disney fireworks going off. You saw your wedding. You saw the future and children. We're different, you know? It's just totally different. You have to talk, communicate to one another. That builds trust. It's so important. Secrecy is the enemy of intimacy. Listen to me. Some of you have sexual secrets and baggage that you've never shared with your spouse. And the problem is you've been hurt and you have pain, but you've never shared it. And so you're making them pay for a pain that's never been healed. You've got, listen, you don't have to disclose every detail, but you have to get honest with your spouse and let them know what type of hurt and pain and things that you've experienced in your life so that they can know you. If they never see what you've been through, they can never know you fully. And so if you would share that, don't keep secrets, like talk through some of those things. A lot of times I've seen sexual secrets and sexual brokenness keep a couple from some of the most sexual fulfillment in their marriage because they haven't been open and honest. Don't go through the details, but get open, get real. You should be physically monogamous and mentally monogamous. No window shopping. Ladies, don't be like, man, he's so fine. Look at Brad Pitt. He's so fine. No, don't do that. Like, guys, don't window shop. Like, because you could have a moment of weakness, and if you're always looking around, you're going to give in to that moment and buy something one day. Don't window shop. You're mentally and physically monogamous. If you're single, guard, protect, control what you lust after and look at. Control it. Ask for the Holy Spirit. Get accountability. If you're into porn, married or single, if you're into porn, listen to me. One in three Christian men are addicted to pornography. One in three. It's an epidemic in our country, in our world. It's easily attainable. It's coming after you. And the reality is it's more addictive than cocaine. It just is. It it gives out endorphins in the mind, and it it releases cocaine endorphins, and you're connected to it, addicted to it. God designed those endorphins that release in the mind. God designed your body. He designed your brain. He designed the endorphins. He did it on purpose because those endorphins actually addict you to an image. He designed you to see your spouse and those endorphins be released. And now you're glued to your spouse for life. But we've gone into pornography where we've actually released those super glue endorphins and attached ourselves and glued ourselves to an image. So now when we're with our spouse, there's no intimacy because our neurons are firing with an image and our spouse knows that they're just there being used. To the point where you can't even get it up physically or perform physically because you're attached to an image and being stimulated over here. And now what's real, you can't even get intimate with because you're addicted to something else. That's science. And a woman is intuitive, and she can feel that she's being used as a masturbation tool in the midst of an intimate thing that should be connection and deep and caring. I know I just dropped some heavy bombs on you. <laughs> but it's true. So we've got freedom groups. We've got, we've got accountability. We've got connection. There's no judgment. Like, just get real. Get honest. Ask for help. Whatever's in the shadows grows, man. Let that thing get into the light. Be monogamous in your mind. And the last one, this is building on trust. Don't use sex as leverage. If you do this, I'll do this. Stop it. Why sell something God gave you as a gift? God gave it to us. Like, don't use it as leverage. As I close today, I want to pray for a couple things. And and I want to say this. This is, I want to end with this thought. Sex is good good 
Like we've, we've heard too long, it's bad, it's nasty. Don't, stop, quit, don't. Here, here's why we equate shame with sex, because we've never been covered by God. We've gotten under the covers before we've gotten under God's cover. And so it's shameful. When God didn't cause shame in the garden, he gave it to him. He's like, here you go, kids. What up? He invented it. Let me just say this. It's more than procreation. It feels way too good just to be for procreation. Or God gave us the, uh, the good feeling because he knew how hard kids were going to be. <laughs> so we wouldn't, have, it would, we wouldn't have had none if we didn't feel this good. We would have stopped. <laughs> like, man, they're crazy. <laughs> we're done. <laughs> But God, God didn't look at Adam and Eve and go, quit. Don't do that. Stop that, kids. No, he said, here's a fire, baby. But he put, he put boulders around to protect it in the confines of marriage, right? But we've removed the boulders and let culture define what the confines are. And we just, we can do whatever we want with it. I'm just asking you today to put back the, the parameters and boundaries around sex, whether you're single or married. Like, let God define it. Put the cake back in God's hands. A couple thoughts for you just as we go today. Just let Jesus heal anything. Surrender it all to Jesus. Number one, surrender every aspect of Jesus. If you've got this cake in your life and there's shells in it and there's pain in it, surrender it to God. Maybe you've got pain in your life and shells in your life that happened because someone else perpetrated you and they abused you and you've got pain in your life that it wasn't even your own sin and you carry it from relationship to relationship. Number two, surrender to God. Number two, release it to God. Release all baggage, release it. Come on, if you've got a balloon tied around your arm, it only takes one person to untie it and let that thing float away. Just decide to untie it and let it float and you walk into your destiny, let that thing float away from you. Release it, release baggage. And then allow God to restore, rejoice because God's restored some stuff to you. Like rejoice, God's restored life and restored healing to you. What does that mean? It means get rid of all the nostalgia and all the pictures and all the memories and all the junk that you might hold on to about that relationship or these other things. There's super highways that are connected between those mess ups and like get rid of those things. If you've been married and then divorced and now you're single again and listen, listen, that's okay. That's not an unpardonable sin, guys. Maybe it can't be restored and it's beyond that. So maybe God just needs to heal it and reconstruct it. If you put it in God's hands, I promise you that he can begin to reconstruct and make something beautiful. This is not a beautiful cake, but God can put back together a cake and something looks beautiful. We put it in his hands. I want to pray for you. Those processes of surrender and release and rejoicing. And then the last one, repeat that over and over and over the rest of your life because you're going to have to repeat and repeat and repeat. I don't know what you carry today or where you're walking in this area of intimacy and sexuality, but I think that Jesus can heal anything. And I want to say this to you. God's not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. And he loves you even though that you've got a mess in your life. Or he loves you even though you've messed up. He's not judging. There's no judgment. God settled judgment at the cross. Settled. We just have to be open and real and honest. So I give you my life, God. I want to pray for you. and I just want to pray, number one, first and foremost, if you'd stand to your feet with me, I'm just going to pray a prayer of purity over us and putting these things back in the hands of God. I want to pray that whatever's not changed would be controlled, that you'd have the power to actually control some things. Many of you think, well, I can't control it. I've got too much of an appetite. Can I tell you? It's because you're following your flesh and chasing your body and letting it lead the way. Hear me. The Bible says if you come to Christ, deny yourself and, and, and take up your cross and follow Jesus. Just follow the Spirit. 
Holy Spirit will tell you and whisper to you. He won't make you not go there, but he'll whisper to you. He'll gently talk to you. Follow the Spirit. And then I want to pray that you'll follow the Spirit in these areas. And then number two, I want to pray if any of you you in here today aren't surrendered to Jesus, if you've never given your life to Jesus, the Bible says that salvation is as simple as saying, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. That's it. There's nothing else. Not fixing yourself, not cleaning up yourself, none of that. Just going, you know what, God, I'm broken. I've messed up in my life. I'm a sinner. I need God. I need you. I need a fresh start. I need Jesus. The Bible says that Jesus died on a tree, died on a cross. 2,000 years ago, died in your place to take all your sin, all your mistakes, all your shame, all your sexual junk, the worst horrific things you've ever done or ever had done to you. He died to take all that and put it on a tree and remove it from you. And then to put his life inside of you so that you can actually live in a relationship with God. If you're at that place today, the Bible says, if you just say yes to Jesus, you get an actual fresh start in God. I want to pray for that specifically, that you'd surrender to him today. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for the gift of sex. Thank you for the gift of intimacy. Not just sex. Thank you for the physical, spiritual, and relational, and emotional act of sex. That it's intimacy. It's connection with a husband and wife. I pray for any struggle, any battle, anything Satan has perverted or twisted or attacked with in this place. I pray that you would would bring freedom and wholeness. And you would actually rebuild something of beauty, God, as we put it in your hand. Sometimes there's scars and pain, but God, you can heal those things. You can rebuild our relationships. We put those in your hand today. We ask for power by your spirit and grace to follow the spirit, to deny our selfish flesh and sin, and to follow you, Jesus. And I thank you for freedom in this place. If you're here, no one looking around real quick, if you just say, Jamie, I need to surrender my life to Jesus. I've never really given my life to him. I've known religion. I've known denomination. It's been cultural to me. My grandparents went to church, but I've never had a relationship with Jesus. I want him to be my Lord of every area of my life. I'm just going to ask you on three to put your hand up to me. If you know in your heart right now, the Holy Spirit saying you need to surrender. If you want God to be your leader, Jesus to be your Lord, would you put your hand up on three? One, two, three. Just put your hand up to me. God bless you, sir. Come on. God bless you, young lady. Anybody else, hold it up so I can pray for you. Include me in that prayer, Pastor. Pray for me. I need a fresh start in God. Anybody else? God bless you, young lady. Come on, church. I'm going to pray a prayer right now with you. The Bible says it's as simple as this. If you confess Jesus with your mouth and believe on him, you would be saved. Believe on him him with your heart. You shall be saved. Many of you, several of you, just put your hand up and said yes to to Jesus. I'm going to pray a prayer. You can pray your own words. You can pray my words. It's not magic in the words. It's just your heart of surrender to God. Right now, let's just pray together. Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus. Jesus, thank you for dying on that tree for me. Thank you that you came and died as me. You took all my sin, all my shame, all my regret. I turned from it and I put it on you at that cross. I believe you died and rose from the dead. I believe you're alive today. I surrender to you as my God and as my Savior and Lord. Fill me with your spirit and give me your power to follow you and bring you glory the rest of my life. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, everybody. Give a good, loud ovation of praise. Several people saying yes to Jesus in here. Come on, I'm so proud of you.